Judging by dominant public opinion and popular acceptance of the subject for this episode, this must seem like an outright slamming title at best, or a political attempt at smearing the candidate. I'm a faithful citizen of anywhere I've passed through. I implore you to listen on and maybe in the next few minutes you might find something intriguing. Take every word with a pinch of salt. This is Critical Minds, where we take you through the valuable issues in society, with the hope that you come out making better choices. Not the one suggested silently by the pictures, or forced on you by the old capitalist, politicians. Even your mother, or that clicky-typey posty influencer that knows not more than the length of her nose. No, we only ask you to think and maybe you can see things differently. We want you to open your eyes from the inside to see the world outside. Find a place to take a stand, a stand that is truly yours, made from your own critical mind. We care less about the facts, so we can think critically. If all you want is the fact, go to your local news. The issues expressed in this episode are the views of the presenters and should be taken on a case-by-case basis. Full disclosure, majority of the materials used in this episode came from the hard work of over 200 journalists working overtime across five continents, as well as from various offices of the British government. We realized early enough how difficult it is to get documents from the Nigerian authorities, as well as how easy it is to claim that a certain file has been damaged or destroyed in an imaginary flood or fire event. Also, the fact that it is so easy to modify public records, we had to start our journey somewhere far away. There are trillions of dollars worth of wire transfers occurring every single day, which is dirty and which is clean. Who knows, which is which? The journey to understand the silent secrets behind Peter Obi and his financial dealings took us to the heart of London. As you may already know, the Brits have a thing with bookkeeping that is similar to German efficiency. The trail led us back to May 16, 1996, when Next International received its Certificate of Incorporation, given at the company's house, in Cardiff making it a private limited company, with company number 31999858. According to Peter Obi Next International UK, is a subsidiary of Next International Nigeria. We had a company in Nigeria called Next International Nigeria Limited. It's an offshoot of Next International Nigeria, that was Next International UK, which I run as managing director and everything. This company is a UK-based company. What drew our attention to this company at first was the names of the director and secretary, which to the common person may seem just phony. They were Temple Secretaries Limited as Secretary and Company Directors Limited as Director. Who gives such names to their companies, one may ask. You can put forward any name, hide your identity. There are Adolf Hitler's and Donald Duck's and Mickey Mouse's. It is so easy to register a company on Company's House. It costs £12, you can do it in minutes, and crucially, no one checks the information. Usually, the applications are approved within 24 hours though they were appointed at nominee capacity. A nominee director, you are appointing another person, the nominee, to take your place as the director of the company. People have used this in a way to not only maintain privacy, but also sometimes even evade tax. You're supposed to tell the company's house registry who the real 
owners, the beneficial owners of companies are. But in practice, it's really easy to evade those rules. And fundamentally, no one goes after companies that just lie. This was more insightful as on the very same day, May 16, 1996, when the company was established, filing was made appointing Mrs. Margaret Obi, the wife of the former governor, as secretary. Mr. Gregory Peter Onwabuasi Obi, the former governor, was made director thereby effectively transferring the 998 ordinary shares of the company from the nominee, with 997, to Next International Nigeria, and one to Mr. Peter Obi. I don't know if you understand the implication of this. That is, Next International Nigeria is now having the majority share of the UK company. That is, it is not just a subsidiary, but the Nigerian company has majority entitlement to the profit of the UK company and only a tiny fraction is in the name of Mr. Peter Obi. Listen to this if it makes any more meaning, as he was asked on Arise Television Nigeria if he declared Next UK during his declaration of assets as governor of Anambra State. This company is owned by Next Nigeria. Because at times they say, oh, you didn't declare. I said, no, I didn't declare one. Assets are people. I didn't declare some assets because those assets have been declared somewhere. So if I declare next Nigeria that I own 5%, I don't have to declare another interest that next Nigeria owns. Just like a, they want to say, I, and I didn't declare something because they were subject of things that were bought from borrowed money. By implication, if the UK company does business abroad, say in Nigeria. The earnings will not be taxed and then, because the company is registered as a small company in the UK with specific audit exemption based on Section 477 of the UK Companies Act. It meant that the company can declare whatever sum it claims as profit and auditors are not to check its books. You don't have to file accounts, for example, if turnover is under a certain amount. You can actually say that the company is involved in, in business, but you can provide no record of what that business actually entails. According to Mr. Obi, just before he became governor, the company obtained $7 million overdraft from Lloyds Bank. Next International UK is a company that receives overdraft from Lloyds Bank of over $7 million. What happened to all that money as they seemed to suddenly evaporate from the company's account? That's where the UK banks come in. Some 86 banks have been involved in obtaining, moving corrupt wealth around the world. Here comes the part where banks and bank facilities become strategic suspects in the trade. What about the company called Global Trading and Marketing Limited with registration number 04343842 England and Wales? The company had £10,072,261 under its current assets as at December 2010. This was before the company filed for dissolution on the 19th of April 2011. Coincidentally, the current asset of Next International had fallen £10,442,597 as at December 31, 2009 to £33,176 as at December 2011. Global Trading and Marketing Limited had Margaret Obi 
the wife of the governor, as the director along with Centrum Secretaries Limited as the secretary. You should also note that as at December 31, 2005, before he became governor the company had just £3,513 under its current asset. Is the UK the best place to set up a shell company? Certainly you would put the UK in the top five, let's say, including the overseas territories, because it's just so easy to register a company here. It is part of the UK's strategy that enables it to benefit from stolen wealth by criminals and politicians from developing countries like Nigeria, as well as Russia and Ukraine. The UK has been at the centre of global corruption, shifting roles from facilitating to benefiting from stolen wealth from third world countries. In order to understand how corruption and mismanagement works, and so essentially in order to try and understand who's to blame for the fact that these countries have not developed sort of prosperously and democratically, you need to look at more than one country and you need to look at people in multiple roles in multiple jurisdictions. Again and again and again, the UK featured it wasn't the only place where the money ended up. It wasn't the only place that moved the money. It wasn't the only place that provided the lawyers that helped hide the money. But it was always there in a way that no other country was. So, was he stealing from a Nambra state? But the more important question would be, having such a well-thought-out structure that exploits loopholes in the law to your benefit, would you, if given the chance to make more money decide to turn off the system that has helped you all these years? What we found interesting here first of all was the address of both the nominee secretary and director, which was entered as 788 to 790 Finchley Road, London, NW117UR. And I will like you to remember this address, 788 to 790 Finchley Road, London, NW117UR. While we may agree that Mr. Peter Obi owns just one building, a modest house in a Nambra state as he often says, the address entered in his filing for appointment as director of Next International UK points us to 17 Snade Road, NW26AL, in Greater London, a property valued at about £1.2 million. You can own UK property through a shell company, even an offshore shell company. And if you do own it through an offshore shell company, you don't have to say who really owns that property. And lawyers are on hand to advise on these complicated transactions, which creates an opaque ownership structure of some of our most valuable UK homes. Here's how that can work. A house can be bought through an offshore bank account. That bank account can be in the name of an offshore shell company. That shell company could be owned by a trust somewhere else. Suddenly, the house with all that money in doesn't look like anything at all. It's a great trick for hiding dirty money. Trust company is a legitimate vehicle used everywhere globally for investment, savings and estate planning purposes. Is allowed by law everywhere. The interesting thing here is that while their document for the company was entered in 1996, this property was sold in May 1997, but it remained their official address in the company until May 20, 2007 when Peter Obi and his wife both filed for a change of address to 14 Oman Avenue, Northwest 2, 6BG London. 
This is a seven-bedroom, detached house valued at over £1.9 million. It's completely unfair that the ordinary British citizen, voter, taxpayer has to compete for a British house with this foreign money. We know there are thousands of properties in this part of London that are owned through these kind of um, shell companies. But how did a philosophy graduate, who claims to be the sole engineer for a brewery company, come up with such massive scheme? It was done on very valuable advice of our then bankers, Lois TSB. This is what they did to all their international clients who operated at the time I lived in the UK. They help you to see that you formulate a trust company offshore and that's what we did. There is an interesting entry in the filing for the company, Next International UK, that caught our attention further. That is the appointment of Centrum Limited on the 14th of February, 2005. As this appointment carries no specific designation, meaning Mrs. Margaret Obi remained the secretary of the company, the question was what capacity was this company appointed to fill? You may not know about Centrum, but this was a company that was revealed by the Pandora Papers to be at the heart many fraudulent schemes by criminals and politicians aiming to lauder money. The company was actually described by its owner, David Perlman, on his LinkedIn page as company that specializes in the formation of both offshore companies and UK companies. He stated their service as bookkeeping, accounting, opening bank account and so on. I don't know if you can see what I am thinking. Do you remember the address that I told you to have in mind? That is, 788 to 790 Finchley Road, London, NW117UR. This was the address for Centrum. The same address for the nominee secretary and director I told you to remember, do you remember? Coincidence? I don't think so. Now there are some addresses within the UK that have thousands of companies registered to them. And if you go and knock on the door, you won't find staff. They are literally been set up as a shell to hide the true ownership of who really controls and benefits from the money flowing through that company. This is a crucial area that the government says it wants to tighten up. But this is one of those reforms that's been talked about for years and nothing has been done. The question rather is what will a self-acclaimed legitimate businessman be doing with such company that has a reputation of crime and money laundry in April 2017 filing was made changing the address of this company to Elscott House, Arcadia Avenue in the UK, N32JU. With all these inconsistencies, it will interest you to know that filing for the address of Mr. Peter Obi as the director of the company was made on May 16, 2007, while he took oath of office as governor of Anambra State on March 17, 2006 and his resignation from the position was filed on May 16, 2008. Meaning while Mr. Peter Obi was governor, he remained director of the company for a significant amount of time which according to him. I've just been announced governor and here I'm running a company so the only thing I could do is to phone my wife and said, you take charge, I will never come to London again, see what has happened to me. From that day that I went to Oka until I was impeached in November, I never left Oka. Not one day. I resigned. The question now is, what did he do with his financial super infrastructure when he became governor?
I didn't broke the law. Simple. Everything I did was within the line. Would you just dismantle it to be a good governor, or just got better in covering your tracks? Is an attempt at tax evasion a trait desirable of a leader? I cannot evade tax. It will never happen. Every investment I've done globally is legitimate and pays tax. What will he do if he becomes the president? Coming up next, detailed revelation of the roles companies played in his position as governor and how some of the major banks in Nigeria became part of an elaborate scheme relating to the finances of Anambra state. These and many more on the second part of Did Peter Obi Deceive Nigerians? If you are new to this podcast, please subscribe to get update on future episodes and click the like button if you find this episode interesting. Critical Minds is available everywhere you get your podcasts.